Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. So we had my family holiday gathering last night, and I think I got the best review for the podcast ever. <laughs> I think I saw Oh, yeah? From who? My 17-year-old niece came up to me and said, hey, my boyfriend and his friends are really into D&D and role-playing games, so we listened to your show, and it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Good. End of statement. I, I can't tell which part of that is my favorite, the actually or the kind of. I, I think it's the actually because that's a commentary on me, <laughs> like on what she believes I'm capable of helping to create. You know, to uncle, or uh, I don't know if she knows you by your first name or not. Well, I assume she's yeah. No, I make her call me <laughs> Uncle Wentz. Uncle Wentz, yeah. <laughs> Well, Uncle Rev, I thought you were kind of a dork before, but you know what? But you're actually... But your tabletop cool. role-playing game podcast is pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> this That's how I feel anytime somebody compliments anything that I do and says that it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like the word pretty, I know people put in to kind of like... They mean it as an emphasis, but to me, it's always, it's not just regular good, but it's pretty good. Right. As opposed to a qualifier that takes away. Yeah. So once they eventually get to this point, you know, thanks for the compliment. Thank Karen. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just a reminder that we have auditions open until January 15th. Uh, we are taking remote submissions now. So you can go to the com slash auditions and all the information you need is there as well as the links to submit your audition. Last week, we announced Tales from the Omniverse, and in the next week, actually, we start recording two of them. Is there any, like, tease or anything anybody wants to say about what we know about these first two games? Uh, It will not pay off for the listener at all, but I am creating many maps from scratch. Ooh. Uh, so it'll, well, it won't pay off for you guys either, but I'm, I feel good about it. Yeah. I'm proud. Uh, one of them will be delicious. Uh, I have a gun in one. That doesn't sound like it really matters. Like, oh, well, we've got guns in Monster of the Week. But it's special it, in this it world. It is. It is. It matters. It matters here.
Um, and next week at the beginning of the episode, we will announce the new Patreon tiers. Uh, there are, I believe, three new ones. Uh, all of them have had just a little bit of tweaking done in response to the feedback that we have gotten from our patrons. And so those will all go live on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the crit show on January 1st as the episode goes live, which I realize in hindsight means that like 10 seconds after the ball drops, I need to run upstairs and submit the new text and everything oh, to, yeah. to Patreon. So. Happy New Year to me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is all we've got for this week, so it's time to let the recap roll. So you're standing watch. As you are looking to the south, you hear... I want to see what that is. You turn around and standing on one of the dunes looking down, you see two very large ant men. The one that's flying draws its spear and it gets right in front of the wagon and drags a line in the sand and it points from the side of the line that's on the north to the side of the line that's on the south. Are you kidding me? They were this far? Yeah, okay, so that's not, that is unexpected? I guess it's not unexpected, it's just I haven't been out here in a few months and... It's hard to know with the Formians where their territory begins and ends because everything's underground. Well, so what do we do? Like, are we crossing over into their zone right now? Unfortunately, we're kind of marked now. Two of them have seen me, and from what I understand, if two of them know us, then they all know us, right? We're not crossing into their territory yet. Essentially, this morning we were supposed to bank west. I thought we just had more time. And you see the well at the center of town, and you see a woman carrying a very big haunch of meat and she walks up to the well and you can hear that she mutters something and then a very large almost translucent tentacle comes out of the well and wraps around the meat and pulls it down into the well and from deep below you hear the sound of chewing in the darkness we hear the sound of chewing and the camera pans back and we see stone And then the camera tilts up and we see Jake standing in the middle of this fairly busy marketplace staring at this well. I would like to find someone to ask about what just happened. (laughs) That's fair. There are a lot of people around. Just whatever like the nearest vendor is or something. The nearest vendor would probably be the person you gave the camels to. Hey. Oh, you come to collect the... uh... Collect the camels already? No, I'm no, no. I, no, I actually just had a question. Oh, yeah, all right. Uh, about the well. You know, when on our way here, I was told that, like, you make an offering to the well for the water, but it wasn't really explained to me, like, why or what takes the offerings. Can you explain that to me? Oh, sure. Uh, offerings for the voice. The voice. Yeah, it's what lives in the well. It's what uh, gives us all the clean water. The voice has tentacles? Oh, yeah. How come it's called The Voice? Oh, just because uh, that was how we first encountered it, hearing it talk and all that. Okay. Does everybody hear it? Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Uh, oh, no, not Danny. Danny's deaf, so. <laughs> oh, so it's like, it's not like a voice you hear in your mind or anything, like you hear it in your ears? Oh, yeah. Where do you hear? No, I just, <laughs> nothing, never mind. What is The Voice? Like, taxonomically speaking... Is it a creature? I I don't think I quite can your question. Like, it's not like a god, is it? Uh, not that I know of. It's never asked us to pray to it or anything. Never smoked anybody. Is it friendly? Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes water for us. Makes it so we can have this town here. Can I talk to it? Yeah. Do I need the offering first, or? Well, only if you're going to get water. I mean, that's usually why you go over to the well is to get water. So, yeah, you could take something, offer it up, get some water. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good time. 
<laughs> oh no, what does that mean? What does he know that I don't? Um, I guess I'll shop around for a haunch of meat. Yeah, no problem. There is a uh, a butcher here. Uh, what kind of meat you want? Oh, you know. Yeah, okay. It'll be an amount of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess I might as well just fill the water skins now and pay the tribute and have a conversation with the thing while I'm over there, while everybody sleeps. Yeah, you can get a, a good haunch of meat for a coin. Everything's a coin. So unfortunately, the uh, cheapest coin thing is a coin and the most expensive coin thing is a coin. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll do that. And I will take it over to the well and talk to it. So what are you doing? Like, paint me a word picture here. You've got this haunch of meat. You've got your water skins to refill. Uh, I think I go over and I like lean the haunch of meat against the well and just kind of like look over the edge a little bit and be like, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You're not from here. No, I'm just passing through. Oh, it's a very nice offering. I just ate or I would take it right now, but I think I'll wait. Just, well, I'm always a little peckish. And again, this large tentacle comes out of the well. And you know, you said you were looking down. It is completely pitch black. And the tentacle almost brushes your face as it comes out because it is almost like a jellyfish. Like it is just that translucent, but kind of opaque, clear. It comes out and grabs a hold of the haunch of meat and pulls it down inside. So how how thick of a tentacle are we talking? Like, does it fill the well on its way out? It does not. It takes up maybe a fourth of the well, so still pretty big. And uh, when the haunch of meat vanishes into the darkness, you again hear this echoing, crunching sound. Is there like a bucket or anything on the on the well? Yeah. So can I just lower the bucket down to get water? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll start lowering the bucket down to fill, start filling the water skins. Hey, can I, can I ask you a question? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to come off as offensive or anything, but what are you? Jake, roll defy danger with charisma. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Uh-oh. Uh, six. As you were asking that question, a little bit of a line has formed because you've got multiple water skins and you hear like a harump from behind you. And you hear people starting to talk and they just seem almost insulted by your question. And it's starting to spread around this shopping area. Do I get any sort of answer from the well? There is an uncomfortable silence. Like when it occurs, you become aware of having heard the water and the echo and just sound. It is dead silent. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean any offense by it. I'm just, I'm not from here and I was just curious, but I get the impression that that was a, that was a bad question. So I, I apologize. I'll, I'll just take my water and go. Thank you for your kindness. You're welcome. <laughs> and it is, you hear that little bit of a pout in its voice. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll fill up the rest of the water and walk back off to like where the cart is and just kind of like giving like small, like. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. Yeah, just to everyone that's seems... like the people like well, it's like the beginning of uh Beauty and the Beast. If every, <laughs> if everybody disliked Belle, like they're all having an interaction with you and then just giving you the stink eye as you go by. Look there he goes the soul trap with his smirk mouth. <laughs> How could he talk about our well? Oh, there we go. Brought it back around. And you can tell just by his face. He's got no social grace. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to him insult our dear well. Uh, I'll go put the water skins back 
And I can't imagine what else I can do in this town now. I made an enemy out of goddamn everybody right on the first trial. <laughs> They're singing that song too, which is funny. Like it gets to the end and they just start over. Every time you close the door and you open it, they've started over again. Uh, yeah, so the rest of this day passes pretty uneventfully if there's nothing else you want to do. No, there's nothing else we needed in here. Yeah, just keeping an eye out. Okay. So the day passes and the sun starts to set and the rest of your group wakes up. Hey, how'd it go? Uh, I refilled the water skin. It cost us just a coin to get the meat for the offering. Okay. I did ask what the thing in the well was. And I upset everybody in the town. Then we should probably get out of here. Well, they didn't seem like they wanted to run me out or kill me or anything. They just, they were a little harumphy. Ah, it was a faux pas. Yeah. Hmm. And really faintly in the distance, you can hear the song closing out. (laughs) (laughs) For the 715th time. Uh, Who made the O sound? Landara. So you you would have expected that? Well, I just, it had never occurred to me to like ask. Who did you ask? The thing in the well. Oh. And he talked to me afterwards. Oh, that's good. Like, he didn't answer my question, but he didn't completely cold shoulder me. Yeah, that's good, I suppose. I I say he, it, she, they, I have no concept. What did it say? It talked to you? Yeah, the people in town call it the voice. Oh, like in your Um, head? Evidently not. I asked that too, and they kind of um, dragged me for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is just, uh, it talks. Regular voice came in my ears. I asked what it was. Very, very pregnant silence. And then I apologized and I thanked it for the water and it said, you're welcome. And I left. What the hell? Oh, it's got um, big translucent tentacles. Uh. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't seem that yucky. It was weird. I didn't expect it. Never seen anything like that come out of a well before, but. Yeah. Landara, you've been through here a few times? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You you drank the well water? Yeah. Everything's cool? Yeah. Other than the time I've been to the towering mountains, it's the clearest water I've ever drank. I think I uh, perk up a little bit at that. I don't know why, because like I've never been there, but a little bit of Wolfus spills through hearing the towering mountains. Yeah. Well, we've got it, and our offering is paid, so unless there's anything else we want to do while we're here, we're clear to go. I want to make friends with a well-tentacle monster. And I want to leave well enough alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the correct thing. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily unfriendly, but if it decided to be, its tentacle was like the size of your torso. Oh, good. You are welcome to go try and have a chat with it and see if yours goes any better. Maybe just don't ask it what it is right out of the gate. Yeah, I have... I just, I have no clear purpose for this except the curiosity of this world, you know? And if it was speaking to you, I doubt it's considered natural enough for me to be able to study it, if that makes sense. All right, let's take off then. I guess so, yeah. All right. And so you all go down and you get your camels and get the wagon set up and everybody roll Undertake a Perilous Journey to get you to isolation. And again, if you are the... Quartermaster, you get a plus one because of Trog, and if you are the Trailblazer, you get a plus one because of Landara. I will trailblaze again. Got a ten, but I have my minus one forward to wisdom, so nine. Uh, Trailblazer got a seven. And Scout got an eight. So this night of travel 
passes without incident. It's taking again just as long as you expected, no extra rations are needed, and you don't catch sight of anything, uh, but you don't get the sense that you are in danger. The landscape is pretty much the same. You notice that while there is more and more sand, piles of it, that it's not in big dunes, like it's starting to flatten out. It's, again, still getting colder at night, um, but the wagon and the camels don't have any problem navigating through the sand. Landara starts to take you on a pretty zigzag pattern, and she has the map out way more often, and you can tell that she is trying to avoid what she thinks is the boundary lines for the Eternal Colony. Um, And as the sun starts to rise, she pulls everyone to a stop. So, as far as I can tell, we should be okay here. How do you want to set up camp? Well, probably the same way we did before, just making sure that we're not crossed over into their territory. You've been checking the map lately, right? Yeah, but as we've seen already, the map isn't always right. I haven't been out here in a while. Uh, Which side are we approaching from now? Which direction? So when she left Clearwater, she started to take you north again. And now the direction you've been traveling has been northeast. Uh, I mean, do we all want to stay on the side of the wagon that would be the side further from their boundary just in case? Like everyone sleep on kind of the southwest side of it so that if we are in their zone, we're at least clearly we were trying not to be. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, as good a thought of any. I mean, if anything, it seems like last time they gave you a chance, you know, they weren't just attacking you. So maybe with this thought of, hey, look, we're trying, maybe we'll get a break if they do come along. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Could I see that for a second? And she gestures at your spear. Uh, sure. And she puts it in one hand and gets the map out again and actually drags a line for about 100 feet, indicating where she thinks the border is. And then if they come by, you know, at least we could feign ignorance because I think that they know, even if the boundary has shifted, what it used to be. They keep pretty tight track of it, so... Nice. Yeah. Good call. Well, then, yeah, let's position the wagon on the safe side, kind of along the border and have everybody else just kind of half moon around it. Is there anything else that anybody wants to do this morning before you go to bed? Uh, I've been uh, thinking about it and I wanted to use one of my adventuring gears to have pen and paper. And I'm starting a list of 101 uses for an immovable rod. Oh, Do you know how to write? I, TJ Tincher, absolutely know how to write. Okay. (laughs) Do you? Are we sure? Let me see your notes. That's gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) What's on the list so far? (laughs) See, you don't even know how to hold a pencil. He he teed up his own bit and wasn't prepared to execute it. Uh, Let's see. I have at least... There's more than half of a page already written here. 14 things here. Uh, Doorstop. Okay. A hanger, like a thing to hang things on. Pick the top three. Uh, paperweight. Unfortunately, those <laughs> were the top <laughs> that <was> three. It. <laughs> uh, also, pull-up bar, uh-huh. uh, hitching post, uh-huh. uh, wheel stop, uh-huh. um, flag holder. I'm actually genuinely, like, now I want to have these in mind in case they come in handy. Sure. Uh, waypoint. Uh-huh. Uh, step up. Just one step, though, because, you know, okay. it's just one. A piton for climbing. Uh-huh. Uh, a fulcrum to to do levers on. Yes. Uh, also a th- like a pulley. You could like wrap a rope around it to make a pulley, possibly. Keystone. 
Uh-huh. Like, let's say you're building like an arch and you want a keystone, it would be make a pretty good keystone. Okay. Oh, oh, write this down. When I go into horse form, you can put it on my forehead and I look like a unicorn. Well, yeah. then you won't be able to move. I know, the, I know. But yeah. like, you know, it'll cut a striking silhouette. Is there anything on your list that's like... Helpful. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that accentuates the fact that it's like this magic item. Like that couldn't just be replaced by a mundane item. Like, oh, I, it can be a hanger. So can a hanger. It can be a fulcrum. Um, Like, oh, can... it can stop me. If I fall off a mountain, I can push the button and it will stop me from falling. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I was also going to say. He, just, he actually has that entire sentence yeah. written uh-huh. out. Yeah. yeah. That was the next one. He's writing 16. If I fall off a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it so far. I feel like I should be finding a use for the immovable rod, like just implementing it as like a almost a just in case. I might. I don't know why somebody would try to take our wagon, but I could just put the immovable rod like in the wheel spokes so the wagon can't go anywhere. Or like I'm going to like put it in the wagon, like against an edge of the wagon so that you wouldn't it would just look like something that's sitting in the wagon, except if you tried to move it, it wouldn't be able to move past the rod. Just because just in case. Since it seemed like I had enough time last time, I think just this first few hours before actually getting rest, uh, I'd want to go ahead and study a camel while I'm out here. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. So TJ is writing his list and Tass is staring deep into the eyes of a camel. (laughs) Um, Landara has set up her tent and is going to sleep. Trog is doing the same thing. Uh, So Jake, roll take watch. Eight. So Jake, you are standing watch. Roll defy danger with constitution. Nine. Yeah, so I think it's the same results that it's either going to affect your speed or your mental fortitude or your exhaustion level. Same choice. Okay. So it's about six or seven hours after you have made camp. Tass and TJ have been asleep for about three hours. And as you are looking to the north, a shadow falls over you and two figures fall from the sky and slam into the ground. I want to see who or what it is. Yeah, you turn and you look and there are two Formians. One of them has a spear and has a dark green mark down the side of its face like paint. And the other one has a whip. And it is cracking the whip, trying to subdue the one with the spear. So they didn't die on impact. No. Uh, what is this? What's going on? And see if either of them tries to tell me. I won't understand it, but... So you shout this out at them as they are scuffling, and the one with the whip does not turn to you, uh, but it strikes out at the one with the spear, and it says, The exiled one came back. They are not allowed back into the colony. So it seems like the green face painted one is the exiled one from what this thing said. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so scared. I'm going to I'm going to try to curry favor. That one said he's part of the colony, so the exiled one, I'm going to go try to punch him. All right, roll hack and slash. Uh 9. All right, roll your damage. So, I want to use pinned down. When you would deal damage to someone with a melee attack, you may instead choose to grab them. You will never lose your grip on someone you have grabbed unless you choose to. So you reach out and you grab this struggling Formian and it jams its spear at you as you grab it. And you take five points of damage as its spear hits you in the side. But now you can feel that you have it in your grasp and it cannot escape. Uh, Okay, I want to hold on to him and say, don't worry, sir. I'll keep him from getting back into the colony. He must be destroyed. He has broken the law. Destroyed? Isn't exile enough? 
uh, and he brings this whip down and creates a huge gash across the face of the forming you have pinned down. Whoa, hey, hold, hold on, hold on. We're not technically in Eternal Colony land right now, so I don't know that you can enforce Eternal Colony laws if he's been exiled and he's outside of your bounds and he stays that way. Isn't that the end of it? He has already been sent away and come back. Are you harboring this fugitive? What I'm trying to do is convince this guy. Like, is that, does that seem like it's not an option? Like, he's just not going to buy this argument? Roll discern realities to try to get a sense of what's going on here and the way that their rule works. Okay. Nine. Okay, you get a hold one. I think who's really in control here? Like, trying to answer my own thought. Does he have the authority to be doing this outside of his bounds? And I mean, the way I imagine this is like, I'm reading him. Like when I say, like, I don't think you have authority out here. Does he betray that that might be the truth? Does he like flinch or think about it for a second or seem caught off guard that it would lead me to believe, oh, I was right? No, he does not flinch. He does not hesitate. In fact, I think the thing that you notice about who is really in control here is that the one that you are holding down has stopped struggling because it feels like you are doing something to protect it. Even though it just got whipped in the face? Yeah, because I mean, you are for this moment holding back its pursuer. Hmm. And so the question it just asked you was, are you harboring this fugitive? Fuck. They all know everything. All of them all at once. Whatever I do here, all of them know. <sighs> I'm not harboring this fugitive. I just met this fugitive. I am currently restraining this fugitive. But I'll pay you for this fugitive. I think because you were watching for his reactions, it's an oddly similar reaction to what you got in town. He seems offended by this. You try to use currency to circumvent our laws. Shit! <sighs> no, I'm not trying to circumvent your laws. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how any of this works. Clearly, I'm I'm not from around here. I apologize for my ignorance. I. What did he do that you want him so dead for? He uncoils his whip again, and it seems like he's going to strike. And you can't tell if it is at the one you're subduing or at you. Doesn't seem like he's going to answer me, though, huh? It is not. God damn it. I'm going to toss him over to the guy with the whip. I don't like... He doesn't seem inclined to tell me what's going on, but places in worlds have their own judicial systems, and it's not my place to decide whether they're right or wrong. So even if I might disagree with this, that's just not how the world works. I am not judge and jury, so I'm not Judge Judy and Executioner. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I can, I mean, I can, that's literally one of the things I can do with this move is toss him somewhere within reach. So I'll toss him on the ground in front of that guy. So you throw him to the feet of the forming with the whip and it snaps the whip out, but you can tell that it adjusts something about the crack right at the end. And the whip actually comes back around and wraps around its own wrist and it pulls the whip across the neck of the one on the ground and puts its knee in its back. And there's 20, 30 seconds of struggle and then it stops moving. Safe passage to you and yours. And it flies away. Does it leave the corpse? It does. Uh, I'm gonna bury it. I'm gonna take it somewhere. Once the other one is gone, once the one with the whip is like gone, gone, I think I want to bury it just on their side of the border. And I want to like say, I mean, effectively like a prayer to death, like whatever, I'm his dude now. So just be like, hey, take care of this guy. Give him his whatever his just desserts are. Let him have it. All right. So I think that is how the rest of your daylight hours pass. You have just 
gotten yourself dusted off from digging a hole in the sand and saying your prayer when the sun sets and everyone starts to get around. Oh, hey, how'd it go? Every time you ask me that, the answer is worse. Oh, God, was there another tentacle? No, a Formian killed another Formian, which he referred to as an exiled one right in our zone. Oh, God, so some kind of civil war type thing? Landara, does that sound like anything to you? Yeah, I mean, you can be exiled from the colony for breaking a law of the colony. They mark you with paint or a scar or a tattoo. It's it's different depending on the colony, but the um, Eternal Colony marks you with a green mark on the face. Yeah, I mean, that's what he had. They wouldn't tell me what he was exiled for, but you know, I figured it better off honoring their laws than making an enemy of the entire colony. Yeah, man, that's fair. Landara, about how much time do we have left on this, do you think? Uh, in the sense of all of us traveling in a big group, I'd say four and a half more hours, probably. After that, it's probably another half hour away, but I don't imagine we want to ride up to it on a bunch of camels with a wagon in tow. Yeah, right, right, right. So what, we'll travel the few hours and then stop and send you in as a bug from there? Yeah, I guess my concern is... What happens if we're spotted on the way? Is this a situation where they, like, murder anybody on site in their land? Do they just escort? Like, what do you got for me there? It really all depends. You've been spotted by them once, Jake, that, well, twice, technically. Um, So we've been seen skirting around the outside of their territory. You know, if you're caught on their land, it's usually a, why are you here? And if the reason is good, you can pass through. Or if the reason is bad, you're turned away. Uh, And if you try to hem and haw about it, then it's going to turn into a fight. Sure. And just for the record, it breaking into a fight will then... Put the kibosh on any chance we have. Yeah, it'll basically be the equivalent of breaking a law in their city. Cool. Okay. So essentially we need an excuse to be there to try to avoid a fight in the first place. Because, hey, we're about to break in your place doesn't do us good. God, and something that lets us continue on our way? Do you know what I mean? Like Something that even if they decided not to kill us, they wouldn't just turn us away for? Right. Like, you know, I I keep kind of jumping back to the thought of, hey, even if it's just our only option, sure, yeah, one of us uh, is a prisoner that we're coming to drop off. But then they're just like, okay, got the prisoner, and then we'll escort the rest of you off. Yeah. That's not great. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is their personal prison. So, like... You wouldn't be bringing someone to them. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, that's not true. I guess maybe you could be asking them to take the prisoner. That's not entirely unheard of, but you wouldn't be delivering them a prisoner, but you could be asking them if they would be willing to take a prisoner. Right. Um. Oh, God, I don't know. Now that's another one that'll just get us turned around. I thought for a second, maybe we lean on uh, the fact that you also had a bounty that we're just out here looking for James Tincher, but then they go, nope, we already got him. Yeah. Off you go. What if this is a bad idea? <laughs> it's not a It's a not a not good idea. I was going to say, like, I could just, like, they've seen me, that if we encounter one, I could just be like, hey, you guys saw me, I helped you kill a guy, and I just feel wrong about it, and I was really hoping that I could talk to someone who could maybe, <laughs> like, set my conscience at ease. That you, like, actually helped subdue a criminal... Instead of helping a murder. So maybe yes, like, exactly. <laughs> so maybe like they owe you one or something or just like that. They would be like, OK, come on and talk about like you need to talk to this person who's in charge. You've got to come here to do it. Huh? 
I mean, half of that kind of works. They're not so much about feelings. It's law and order and structure. There's not going to be someone you could report to because everyone's following the letter of the law and everyone above them knows it. But you could come looking for something for having aided in taking down one of their exiles. Oh. Well, that's not nothing. Yeah. Do we think that they would take kindly to that? Is that something that they'd be like, yeah, that's fair? Or again, couldn't they just be like, no, piss off? What about just bringing the body even too as a little more proof? Like, hey, I helped with this and your guy just ran off. So like, how about a little compensation? I don't think that would make the difference because everyone knows that I was there. Yeah, no, you're right. And plus, didn't you try to bribe him? I did, yes. And it didn't work? Yes, I did. That didn't go well. Um, I don't think it's going to be mutually returned. No, yeah, probably no matter what, like they're not going to, I'm already working from a disadvantage on like, you know, getting them to grease my palms or whatever. You remember when that first night they came and they drew a line and you were on one side or the other? Uh Uh-huh. It's like that. You didn't cross that line. So in their heads, you're still on the other side of the line. Oh, okay. It's once you cross over, you can never come back. Okay. You know what we could do? It's a little bit ghoulish. We could take the body and like, I could be like, hey, this dude came back and I didn't know what to do, but clearly he wasn't supposed to get away. So I'm bringing him to you. You know, like, like, hey, this guy cut a deal with death and he came back. So I grabbed him. Oh. You know, like it's, I, it seems like he's dead again, but I don't know what's going on. But the only thing I could think to do was bring him to you. Ooh. Cause he wasn't supposed to get away. That's a big lie. Yeah. But like, okay. Um, is this a different enough thought track? to think through Walthus's Rolodex about these people and, like, more specifically, like, their belief system? You could roll Spout Lore, especially since, you know, you have a character that deals in communicating with spirits, and uh, it's not out of place to think that Walthus would know about the different beliefs of the different races on this planet. Use a book, use a book. Oh, yeah, and I will get a book out and try to uh, look through and see what I find. As I see him, like, buckle down on this and reach for a book... To study, can I offer him Esten's book too? Like, here, man, cross-reference. There's all kinds of good shit in here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think all uh, as they're packing stuff up and getting stuff ready, I'm going to dig through these books and see if I can find anything. Roll spout lore. Twelve. <gasps> yeah! Yeah, that's the number we need for Esten's book! Oh, shit. Jake, yes. remind me, what does it say on a twelve for Esten's book? You give us the solution to the problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. So what is the problem you're trying to solve? Is it if you encounter them, how to not get turned away? Is it how to ensure you all get into isolation? What is the specific problem you want the answer to in regards to the Formians? I think it's if we get encountered, how are we allowed to stay, right? Uh, Yeah, I guess the question would be, if we are spotted by them, how can we continue on to our goal? So the thing that you find in Esten's book is that the Formians are not superstitious about death. They just have a different understanding of it. Because as far as they are concerned, whenever a Formian dies, the spirit of that Formian is reborn from the queen so that there is never a member of the colony fully lost. So if you were to take this body with you that you have buried and tell them that it came back, they would want to question you and examine the body and examine you 
so that they could understand what's going on and if there is some supernatural element going on that is disrupting the way that they know life and death works. Okay. Uh, guys, so look at this. And I think I would kind of go over some of those passages. So I I don't think this is going to translate as something that they'll just be like, oh, okay, you guys are fine and let us keep going. But if we tell them that this body came back, that's going to mess with them. They're going to want to know what happened and what's going on. And they're going to want to inspect it and talk with us about it. So that tracks, that would work. So we get you close, and then if we get caught, we're coming to the same place as you, because we'd be going to talk to them. Yeah, I think so. I think the only problem here is that, let's say we get halfway to where we're going before I even leave you guys and we get spotted, and they want to bring us in, I have to figure out a way to disappear in that process, and that's going to raise questions. So do I just go down to beetle form now, and we make this trek? I think so. Okay. I'll help unbury this dead dude. Yeah, I don't love that. Is it grave robbing if I made the grave? No, no, bro, no. Good. (laughs) Yeah, dig him up and I guess I'll spend a charge of my adventuring gear to have like rope and a sack over his head, you know, like so that it looks like it's a prisoner that I was bringing in and for some reason he's limp now. And uh, where are you putting him? Uh, I think in the back of the wagon, like laying on his side or something in the back of the wagon. Okay. And what are you going to do with the spare camel? <laughs> just let him go. No, that's probably not a good idea. Um, We could just have the other camel trailing behind on a on a lead uh, behind the wagon. Yeah, that's true. Or we could like put the dead Formian on the camel. <laughs> like he's just... He is a rider. Oh, I was picturing like a bounty that you had caught. Oh, yeah. Like tied around his belly or like, you know, he's, he's, oh, I'll do that. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great idea. Yeah, that is way better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just masterful puppetry of itself and bobbing back and forth and riding. (laughs) Oh, no, that doesn't make sense. I kind of want to just see if I can take the water form and seep into this thing's mouth and puppet him. (laughs) Weekend at Bernie's this thing. That's gruesome, but very good. I can't imagine that tracks. I don't know, man. I don't know. There are cartoons that would lead me to believe that this does work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And then you become their new God. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, our understanding of death is not what it was. Oh, lead us into the afterlife. Or they throw me in the oven to cremate this thing and then everything's dead. And then you just steam out. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Water cannot be destroyed. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the circle of water. I was water and I got stabbed. I don't think... (laughs) 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 I don't think that that's going to help. You just turn into a a rock then when you're in the oven and then you're fine. Original plan. I'm the bug. Okay. You're the bug. I tie this guy like laying crossways over a camel where like his hands and feet are tied under the camel's belly so he couldn't move, quote, unquote. And then that's, yeah, that's how we'll present him if we have to present him. Like, oh my God, he came back. I tied him over the camel. He's not moving anymore. He might have died again. All right, Tass, roll your shapeshift. Okay. Are you kidding? Are you serious? Oh boy. Five. All right, so you all get loaded onto the wagon, onto your individual camels. You get the other camel tied up to the back. 
and you get the body of the Formian slung over the camel. Tass, like whose shoulder were you going to ride on? Probably TJ's because I had the idea that if, you know, if anybody's going to get close, I'm going to hide in his beard. So you stand over next to TJ and you do your shapeshift and you turn into a fire beetle. And TJ, this little fire beetle appears where Tass is standing and it starts to fly towards you. And then it seems like it's kind of caught up in the wind, like it's starting to fly away from you. Uh, Tass, Tass, I'm over over here, Tass, Tass, um, I'm going to see if I can't catch him. Maybe the wind's too strong for him. Yeah, you reach out and you snag him and you tuck him into your beard and you can feel the fire beetle crawling around inside of your beard. And Tass, from your point of view, there is no Tass. There is only the fire beetle. And this is your <laughs> life now. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my hand near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, Kiwi, that's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.